Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours as those two uh, signals switch back to local programming. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, National Basketball Writer, uh, Matt Norlander from CBSSports.com is going to join us here in about 15 minutes. We will pick Matt's brain on a number of topics by the sounds of things. The NCAA still believes that they're going to hold conference tournaments, so we'll do that. Obviously, Drake, look a little ahead to tomorrow night. Iowa on the road against Illinois. It's an 8 o'clock tip on FS1, but if you can't be in front of a TV, you can hear the game down the hall on 1040 News Radio WHO. Matt Norlander at about 1050. Joe O'Donnell's going to check in. We are about a week away from the start of the Iowa Wilds uh, truncated season. We'll talk to Joe. Training camp is going on. By the way, if you're a fan of the Iowa Wild, there's a really good piece, a lengthy, lengthy preview of what the team may look like at the Athletic. It's unbelievable. Oh, because of the Minnesota Michael Russo covers the uh, Minnesota Wild. But this is an in-depth look. In fact, he got so in-depth... Apparently, a lot of the players are are living in downtown Des Moines, Mm -hmm. and there are four restaurants in downtown Des Moines that have actually carved out a private room for them. Oh, nice. So they can go and eat if they don't want to, you know, take out and go back to the room, Mm -hmm. because it can be a lonely existence, practice, back home, don't know anybody, Mm -hmm. practice, game type of uh, deal. Look, I don't think they're complaining. They're professional hockey players, after all. But still, so, um, I mean, the story is really, really, really good. Uh, especially if you're uh, a fan of the Iowa Wild, Michael Russo at The Athletic. Let's stop right there. Speaking of The Athletic, before we get back to the guest list, they've now partnered with BetMGM. <laughs> Trent, this thing is going to be so much bigger than you and I ever anticipated it was going to be. Sports wager mm-hmm. I'm talking about. And just the tentacles uh, that uh, that have come and the partnerships that are forming. I mean, Wrigley Field. Um, where the hell did Washington Capitals and the, and the Wizards play? Whatever that building is called. All of these sports venues now getting their own. I thought it was really cool when Coors Field got a brewery. Right. And they were ahead of times uh-huh. back when that stadium was built in the mid-90s. Now all of these, um, um, an area that's dedicated to betting on sports and watching sports uh, at uh, at sports venues. Uh, so the Athletic is the latest to climb on board. Look forward to speaking with Scott Dockerman on Monday about well, Iowa, obviously, but I'm sure that will come up. Alright, so where were we? So Joe O'Donnell's going to join us. I'm going to save five minutes to do something at the end of the first hour that brings me chills. And I'll leave it at that. Um, it's... I'm going to leave it at that. I'm yeah, not, yeah. not going to go any further. So we'll we'll do that at about five minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock. It's going to take two minutes. And I believe you will be turning up your radios for it. I know um, I'm going to stop. Uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, who is first? We're going to go to Vegas with Chris Andrews? We are, yeah. Chris is raring to go. Super Bowl week uh, around the corner for him. And be interesting to see a, a Super Bowl. He's been a line maker now for over 40 years. Mm-hmm. How different this is. But you also have the mobile component and yeah. how important that is. So and be Nevada interesting has to get his. fallen behind New yeah. Jersey. 
They are and now number wild. two. Now, when we get back to quote unquote normal, yeah, and people are actually traveling to I Vegas in big it. numbers, yeah. They'll go back. Well, that and don't forget. New York. New York's the big. When they open up sports wagering in their that's state. That's the big equalizer. So do you really believe there are people, a big number of people, not a guy, but a big number of people that hop in their car, get yeah. an Uber, get a taxi, go across the river, mm-hmm. make their bets, mm-hmm. turn right back around and go to New York? Or they pass it off. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that they're still booking bets in in New York. I, I figure that's got to be... And it's the bookies that are getting through the tunnel or yes. reaching out to somebody and they're laying off. Uh, because, I no, I don't think that there's a line of cars going to, <laughs> you know, through the tunnel. All right, the Jets are playing. Here. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to the Meadowlands and, yeah. and they're making their plays there. Have you been through... You've never been there. I've never known. I, I can't remember which tunnel I go through all the time. It's, it's kind of eerie, knowing that right above your head... It's a freaking river, <laughs> and it's and it's a wide river. Yeah, you know, and we're, we're not talking about Jordan Creek here. No, it's like you know, hold your breath. I I get a little not claustro. Maybe it is claustrophobia. Yeah, but it's just weird that um, boy, can you imagine being in the middle of that bad boy when it you know gives way? It hasn't, thankfully. Mm, right. Uh, but uh, anyways, that has crossed my mind every time I go through it. So. Chris Andrews on Vegas. I do believe Nevada, to, to your question, mm-hmm. will take their place at the top again at some point. But the tourism industry is down. It's down to the point that the majority of the properties, they're closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, if you want to travel to Las Vegas, better go on the weekend because you're going to be staying. You know, if you've got a favorite hotel, there's a pretty good chance your favorite hotel is the doors are shut Monday, Tuesday. It's remarkable. That is wild. It's just wild. It's But that's what we're at. So we'll talk to Chris Andrews from the South Point. Like you say, 40-year line maker. One of my favorite memories is um, being um, in the back room. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what Super Bowl it was on a Super Bowl Sunday at the M and just watching the bets come in and the, and the risk management taking over and uh, it was just a fascinating fascinating behind the scenes look you would enjoy the hell out of that i love that part of it and uh chris has taken me to his back office there you got the i think they have about five kind of main line makers that that work together at the south point he is the headlines maker but he's got four guys that work all well he can't be there all the time right right that work under him and their desks are all in the same area but he showed me so you look you can see I have three screens here in front of me in, mm-hmm. in our studios here on, on the this side of the glass. He's got five. It's crazy. And all right, I'm going to pop up. All right, here's college football. I was out there in September the last time. All right, I'll show you this. Here's what the NFL. And just seeing the money that's coming in, yeah. the different books, where the liability mm-hmm. is at those different books, knowing where they can lay things. It, it's If you're a number nerd like both of us are, that's the part that I just think is incredibly fun to see. Well, to an extent, and I'll get into that in a minute, because to the <laughs> surprise of no one, you've caught the fever. Uh-huh. Uh, to, again, to the surprise of no one. And then John Bowenkamp is going to be our final guest. Uh, Fran McCaffrey had his uh, midweek press conference yesterday, so we will talk about uh, and preview tomorrow night's game, Iowa at Illinois. Again, it's FS1. It's 8 o'clock tomorrow night. It's uh, when the schedule came out. Those were, were That game was where my eyeballs instantly went where's the illinois game what are you kidding me they only play once boy that's a ripoff for us fans uh but that's what it is and it'll happen uh tomorrow night so anyways where i was going and it's uh it's, it's kind of where we're at here and now i'm looking at my twitter mm-hmm. and uh amc entertainment surging 200 <laughs> uh-huh. percent td ameritrade is trending 
Uh, there's a couple of others that I don't want don't uh, don't sell. Um, and so you come watching and marching into the studio here this morning when you got here for the first time and you got a little spring in your step and you <laughs> reach into your pocket, you pull out your phone and you show me an app. And the app is for Ameritrade and you're in. I got the fever. So I have Follow no idea me for what stock it is. Tips. No, do not do that. So I, I, Trent, I've, I've seen the story. It's everybody is talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't want to get it. But you've got it. And now you're playing the stock market. Is Play. that it? Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, there's investments, retirement funds. I have all those things that I don't touch because I'm not very good at it. But it was actually Christmas time. My wife mentions to me, open our gifts, and she, it was not an actual gift. It was just, hey, open up a stock trading place because you gamble all the time. You have fun doing that. Well, this is a way maybe we can make some real money instead of the tens of dollars that I bring in with my sports wagering on a good month. And do that. Okay. And it took me a while. And then what this week has been, I got to get on the horn. I got to open it up. So I was up last night till about 2 a.m. reading through this. Really? Trying to figure out, because I was like you, this is so far over my head. I I don't want to know. I don't want to learn. I don't. It's it's confusing why this is happening with the two main companies that are being talked about. GameStop. Mm Mm-hmm. Hasn't been relevant in a decade. I thought it was closing. And AMC. So what? why is this? So reading into that, going into it, I just threw a couple hundred bucks in the account. I'm reading a couple message boards. Halo, our, our favorite Hawkeye message board. And You're getting advice from those What those goobers are talking about. And it's just fun. It is. It's a different way of, of having but how an enjoyable do you cheer? experience. I mean, you look at your TV yeah. and you watch games. Yeah. And, and you're on the edge of your seat for a big three-pointer for a big field goal backdoor cover. How do you get any possible enjoyment watching a stock? I'm watching it right now. It's going up, up 41.1% today. SNDL, yes, whatever nice. that is. I don't even know what these things are, but that's. But you're involved. Well, for $200. Well, still, you're in. Right. I am now a trader. It's a passion of mine. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that um, we will plan on carving out no. any time in our program or getting a stock expert. But isn't it wild that this be, has become I, I, just a national and story? seemingly overnight, mm-hmm. seemingly overnight, this has just taken over the world. Well, certainly this country. Yeah. Uh, anyways, crazy. Let's talk about Drake. That we know a yes. little bit about, and good for them. I mean, what a, what a remarkable story. And uh, it was Most State who made that run in the second half last night. Um, but I was, I mean, Iowa, Drake had an answer. Drake had an answer and they remain unbeaten. And now they come home and they've got, uh, and there's fans going to these games, right? Right. Now yeah. there's not a ton mm-hmm. as we would anticipate. I got to think this is starting to become a pretty tough ticket. Oh, no doubt. Weekend series coming up here. You look forward at what the uh, rest of the schedule is going to be. The crazy thing that I continue to look at is we've seen past really good Drake teams, really good UNI teams. Yeah. You kind of hit this level where that's about it. You, the UNI team that beat Kansas, should they have been an eight seed that year? Probably not. Or nine seed beat UNLV, beat Kansas. Yeah, should have been a four or five, something like that. You can make that argument. Mm-hmm. What about Drake? Because the net rankings love this team. What are they? Ten? Yeah. And and with that, and with the record that they very well could get into, let's say they lose a game. And win the conference tournament. Well, Loyola's coming up, right? They split that, and they win the rest. And then they win the conference tournament. They're 24-1. and one. Mm-hmm. What seed are they? Jeez. <laughs> I 
I mean, are they a three seed? Well, they, they were, still a were seven they a five when they went to Tampa and got picked off by Western Kentucky? They were right. It was a four five. Yep. Uh, was it a five twelve game? Five twelve game. 5-12. Right. Because the twelve ended up playing the thirteen that yes. year. San Diego, the Toradors, who uh-huh. beat UConn, right in the opening round. Right. Um, uh, they were. A, I don't know. What, what did you say? A three? That seems pretty high. But the net loves them. They do. Like you say. The computer models love mm-hmm. them. I, I was looking now, Ken Pomeroy, not quite at the same level. They have Loyola, though. Ken Pom does at 20, 22, 54 uh, for Drake at the current moment. You know what? Loyola's in system. town on Valentine's Day. Valentine's weekend. The, the, 13th, the 13th and the 14th. We're um, going to the Nap Center. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what? So, do you know the ticket avail? I mean, you can't go to the box office and pick them off on game night, can you? No, no, but you can You can order them online. I remember when it first opened up a few weeks back when uh-huh. uh, the first tickets were becoming available. And there was also a part where people that had season tickets that had the first, of course, oh, crack sure. at them, returned them. Can't go, uh-huh. don't feel comfortable going, mm-hmm. whatever it mm-hmm. is. And Because I think, and this is no knock, I think, at least in the past, their season ticket holder... Demographic trended oh, older, yeah, yeah, right. And you can understand why they would, you know, mm-hmm. give them up this year, or or certainly not give them up for good. They want to get back, mm-hmm. but this year's a little different story. So an opportunity to buy two uh-huh. or four tickets, and you can go that route. It's it's going to be interesting to see with the success continuing to build. Of course, demand continue uh-huh. to build. Does Harden say, all right, we're at, a few more in on Valentine's Day for the Loyola game? I would. We're we're at X percent. Let's jump it up another 5% or uh-huh. another 10% and still have social distancing and still require mm-hmm. masks and do all those things that have continued to be done at sporting venues. But try to squeeze every little bit of mm-hmm. juice out of this. It's important. We know we talk so much about the financial budgets at the Big Ten, Big 12 level. But think about it at the Missouri yeah, Valley no, level. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's uh, it's going to be a tough uh, uh, tough climb out of that. All right, Matt Norlander coming up here momentarily. Look forward to speaking with him. Pretty good guest list here today. Get Joe O'Donnell in about, oh, 20 minutes or so. The voice of the Iowa Wild. Uh, their season starts next weekend. You can hear the games here on uh, 1460 and 106.3 FM. Let's do this so we don't fall too far behind. Time for another $1,000 slam dunk. We're early, but let's do it. Text the keyword love to 200, 200 right now. It's your chance at $1,000. Love to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, love to 200, 200. Uh, let's get our friend Matt Norlander in here as we talk college basketball. Matt joins us. CBSSports.com is where you can read Matt as we do. Matt, Trent, Ken, thank you so much for giving us a few minutes. How are things with you? Doing well, just uh, getting ready to flip to February already, and being uh, just you know day by day what the sport brings us: postponements, cancellations, yep. interesting news, waiting on NCAA tournament details. I'm doing all right. Indeed, uh, lots of that still to come. Let's talk. Let's start with those unbeaten Drake Bulldogs, Matt Norlander. As the beat goes on again last night uh, for Coach DeVries. Um, look, I, I know that you love college basketball. You follow it all. I saw you were tweeting last night about Boise State, uh, of all things, on a night that didn't have the shiniest schedule, perhaps. But just your thoughts on, on Drake and what they're doing in the Valley. Trent and I were just speculating, you know, getting 
way ahead of ourselves. Uh, when they went to the tournament the last time, they did so as a five seed to get picked off by uh, Western Kentucky uh, in Keno, what would be Keno Davis's last game at the helm. Where can they get to, do you think, seeding-wise, Matt? Is, I know it's probably a little bit too early, but it's fun to speculate. Oh, yeah, we can have some fun speculating. Um, that zero is is a very powerful number. Uh, for as long as Drake has one in the L column, then its seeding chances are, are wonderful. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. As of this morning, Drake was number nine in the net rankings, mm-hmm. ahead of Alabama, which has yet to lose a game in the SEC, ahead of Texas, which is projected on you know, the two-line, uh, ahead of the likes of Ohio State, Kansas, and a Florida State team that might be the best in the ACC. Drake was ahead of all those teams in the net rankings, which has been uh, tremendous there. Um, across the board, the metrics are interesting with this team. The net has been the most kind at this point. Uh, it has a good KPI, and, you know, it's a top 25 KPI number, but, you know, Drake's trying to, it's knocking on the door of top 50 status. Uh, in, in Ken Palm, it's 54 as we record this interview. 52nd and another great projected met- metric uh, called uh, Torvik. It's run by a man named Bart Torvik, T-Rank. They're 52nd there. 65 in Sagarin, uh, similar numbers in BPI predictive. So the point I'm making with all of this is that the net ranking is actually very important. Uh, the predictives still don't say that Drake is quite uh, good enough to be an at-large team. Usually if you're a top 40 team in the metrics, then uh, in the predictive metrics, then you've got a, a pretty solid case as an at-large. Drake's just not quite there yet in those, but it is in the net, and I think that is significant there. As long as it keeps the zero, then it's going to have a really good chance. But let's, uh, let's say that Drake's not going to run the regular season table. I think that's still a reasonable assumption. Uh, its chances of doing so, frankly, are, are minuscule. It still has plenty of road games left, and the Valley is a solid league, and it's got Loyola Chicago, which ranks as a better team predictably. So let's say Drake gets two losses. If that were to happen, and one of them is to Loyola Chicago, they split with Loyola Chicago, and then they lose in the Missouri Valley tournament to um, someone that's not Loyola. So they'll have one quad one loss and the other one, let's just call it a quad two. If that were to be the case and in a vacuum, I think Drake's going to the NCAA tournament. There's no question about it. The Valley's multi-bit league if it only loses two games. And if that's the case, mark me down for Drake sitting, uh, you know, this is a broad assumption. But in that situation, uh, I'm saying Drake's uh, in the 8-9 game. It's somewhere around there. I think that uh, there's enough uncertainty pretty much from the sixth line on down right now as things stand that um, – if the Bulldogs can continue this, and it's going to be tough, but if, if they go two, two or fewer L's, and one of those L's is to a Loyola, then um, I think a single digit seed is possible. You get to a third loss, at large, it's still on the table, but you're definitely a double digit seed, and you might be flirting with, uh, with first four status. Interesting. Well, let's uh, stay in the state and get your perspective on the team on the east side, the Iowa Hawkeyes, as they prepare for tomorrow's matchup with Illinois. A week off off the loss to Indiana last Thursday. Plenty of time to stew on that one. Your overall thoughts on Iowa, of course, the conversation on a national scale always goes to the defense and how much they struggle on that end. But what you've seen out of this Hawkeye team, how different than what maybe you anticipated coming into the year, and then thoughts on the matchup with Illinois. Well, as we talk right now, Iowa is exactly where I thought it would be. I'm, I, I kid you not, I, I don't inflate. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. Uh, right now, as we talk, the Iowa Hawkeyes are in the exact position that I, I thought that they would be at about this time of the season, and I'll be more specific with why I think that. I thought Iowa would be the best offense in the college basketball. It is the best offense in college basketball. I thought Iowa would be slightly better defensively, but still not you know, a top-50 defense in the country. It's pretty much the same 
defensively this season as it was last season. And I thought that Iowa would be still a team top 10 in the polls, top 10 in the metrics, with a few losses that were understandable in a very tough Big Ten. That's exactly where Iowa is. There's not a lot of surprise here. I thought Luca Garza would be the front runner for National Player of the Year. That's still the case, which, by the way, is not a common thing. I have noted this in our preseason coverage at CBSSports.com. In fact, the preseason National Player of the Year, uh, while it's never always a consensus, um, but you know, on behalf of CBSSports.com, the player that we've dubbed every October that is going to be the player that's the best player in college basketball by the time we get to the end of March. The hit rate on that is about 20%. Mm. So it's actually not a given thing. You know, Luca Garza was the overwhelming consensus pick to be the player of the year. He still got that by a narrow margin over Jared Butler. But Iowa fans, if it does not happen this season, and still very well could. I mean, Garza's in a great spot to do it. But if Baylor doesn't lose a game or loses one game and Butler continues to be outstanding and Butler gets it, just know that um, that happens way more often than not. So overall, I'm not surprised by what I was doing. I still think this team is good enough to get to the Final Four. I think this game against Illinois is huge for both teams in this regard, though. For Illinois, it's uh, it's taken on a lot of losses here. Now, it plays in a good league with a lot of good opportunities, um, and I don't think that Illinois is going to eventually be a one seed, but it's still not out of the question that it could be a one seed, but if it wants to be a one seed, it's obviously got to win almost all of its games down the stretch here, and that starts with this huge home opportunity on Friday. A line I have to have it. If they lose it, then they become uh, quite an interesting case in terms of how we look to seed and select them going forward, uh, depending on what they do. As for Iowa, if it wants a chance at a one seed, obviously getting this kind of win on the road would go a long way, let alone just the conference race. If you're the best, if you have the best record in the Big Ten at the end of the regular season, by nature of how many quad one opportunities are there, and if you've gotten to the top of the table, I think your chances of being a one seed are going to be very, very good. So it means a lot to the Hawkeyes in that regard as well. Um, of course, there is also the counter-argument to all this being that, well, it's going to be in Indianapolis. It's going to be a neutral site. There's not going to be fan attendance almost certainly for the first and second rounds. The only people that will be allowed in the building that aren't either covering the game, playing the game, coaching the game, officiating the game, or helping organize the game with the NCAA, the only people will, uh, will probably be select uh, family uh, members of, of the players there. So it will be a true neutral environment. How much of an advantage do you have as a one seed this season as opposed to other seasons where you get shipped off to a region that's close to home, you can have a lot of fans show up, the travel isn't as bad. So, you know, the one seed doesn't mean quite as much this season as it does in normal seasons, but still it is a point of pride, and I think Iowa can get there. Um, I do want to see a little more of the defense. I want to see if this team, if we're to talk a month from now, instead of being ranked 98th in per-possession defense at Ken Palm, can you get that up to 85 or 80? If you can, those margins actually do mean something in the big picture, and it could show some progress that will be the difference between Iowa being uh, a team seated first, second, or third and having some issues maybe cracking beyond the Sweet 16 to a team that is more well-balanced and uh, and all-around better on the whole and has a, a healthier chance of making the Final Four. Now we know we only have you for a couple more minutes. Um, what, what's the likelihood that we see conference tournaments? <sighs> okay, I had someone asked me this yesterday in a cynical way, basically <laughs> posed it as, they're not going to have conference tournaments this year, really, actually, are they? Uh, they are. Um, what are the chances we're going to have conference tournaments, plural, 100%, in my opinion? What are the chances we're going to have 31 conference tournaments this season with every single one? I would put that closer to uh, 10%. I do think there's a real chance that we will have some conference tournaments for one reason or another that don't get played. Mm-hmm. The real discussion, and I had had a story on this recently, is, is whether or not these conference tournaments become inherently uh, flawed and fractured because if you have an Iowa team that 
frankly sees little benefit in playing a Big Ten tournament that snugs right up against the selection show. And then because of that, there is an inherent increased risk over COVID positives that could jeopardize your standing in the tournament. What is the cost-benefit analysis of doing that, and who makes that decision ultimately? I think it's a decision that, frankly, needs to be put to the players first, and they're deciding what they want to do. Mm. From there, uh, you can have coaches and administrators decide. But I do think, based on the conversations I've had, unless an extremely, <laughs> an extremely forceful hand is put down across every single conference, I do think you are going to have some teams say, we are going to decide not to play in league tournaments this year. What I was surprised by, I talked to a Big Ten source on Sunday who told me that he thinks that if this happened in the Big Ten and you had a team or two or three or four decide to not play in the league tournament this year because of this, that person said that the league, in his opinion, he didn't have this as, you know, strictly learned from the commissioner's office or anything like that, but he said, I could see a situation where the Big Ten would actually be okay with it this season and uh, would simply work around that and, and in effect, give, uh, you know, give an, uh, a reluctant okay, but an okay all the same to say, we understand why you're doing this and we're not going to uh, needlessly force you to, to participate in this conference tournament. But other people hold a different, different opinion and think that pressures from a money standpoint, from a TV standpoint, might actually um, – implore teams to uh, to not take this route and to, to basically risk it and play in league tournaments. Get ready for it. Nebraska-Penn State playing for that auto bid in a one-game <laughs> playoff. We might be trending that direction. Matt Norlander joining us here. Final thing for you, Matt. Uh, obviously, the top two teams in the sport, the undefeateds with Baylor and Gonzaga. How big is the gap between those teams and everybody else in your mind? How significant? Or is it closing in the other direction? I, there is a gap. I don't think it's a significant one. And I think uh, if and when Baylor loses its first game, uh, I'll be interested to see what the, the conversation and chatter is like in the ensuing 72 hours. Um, Baylor is scheduled to play at Texas uh, next Tuesday. Mm. We don't yet know if Shaka Smart will be available to coach for that game. He's currently recovering from COVID-19. And uh, Texas has had a few other players also held out for COVID precautions there. But if Baylor were to lose at Texas and Texas was almost at full strength or entirely at full strength, that would be a reasonable loss. And would we be continuing to say that Baylor and Gonzaga are a tier above everyone else? I would think we should be, but the fact that they haven't lost allows for this. I don't think that, you know, the likes of Michigan, Villanova, yes, Iowa, maybe even Houston, Virginia, maybe Florida State, we'll see. Uh, those teams aren't so far behind, but there is there is definitely a, a significant gap. And something I haven't researched yet, but I'm trying to think about the last time this continues, guys. I'm trying to think about the last time we had specifically two teams that were so far ahead of the field. Mm. Like, I remember, I, it's definitely happened since then, but the one immediate uh, example that comes to mind was in the 04-05 season. Uh, by the time we got to about this time in the calendar, maybe Valentine's Day, uh, there was a vibe that Illinois and North Carolina mm-hmm. had the feeling that was, that was going to you know, outpace everyone else. That wound up bearing true in the NCAA tournament, no, no seeds based in the title game. I'll be interested to see if we get that again this season, but um, but there's certainly the teams are beatable, and we'll have to wait and see if they can even face each other. I'll, I'll end on this: um, Gonzaga and Baylor tried to schedule each other and play each other in December. That game got canceled because of COVID issues, and they want to play each other. Marquise and Scott Drew, if you told them with a magic wand they could nix out their games next weekend and could play each other on a neutral site, they would absolutely do it. Wow. But uh, the schedule's not going to allow for that, and so if we are going to get this 
you know, dream matchup this season, it really looks like the only way it's going to happen is if they face in the national championship game. Well, that would be awesome for the sport and incredible. I mean, can you imagine an undefeated Gonzaga team going against what might be a one or two off Baylor team? An unbelievable final, but the chances of getting that obviously aren't great. So, uh, so we'll have to wait and see. And, and the odds are certainly against uh, these top two teams facing each other. But if they do, I think the only way that it's going to happen is going to be on the best stage possible in the final game of the season. Sign us up, Matt Lordlander. Thanks for what you do. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Thank you, Matt. All right, fellas. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. CBSSports.com for Matt Norlander. So he was talking about kind of two teams that have separated themselves. I, I think I found another season, 2010. It was Duke who played for the national title against Butler that year. Mm-hmm. And the overall number one seed that mm-hmm. year was Kansas. Mm-hmm. We know what happened to them yeah. in the round of 32. Right. They got beat by you and I. But I remember going into that tournament, and it was Kansas. They were number one. Duke was number two. And then there was a pretty big gap there. But it doesn't happen very often where two teams separate themselves like this. And I and I and I'm, I truly believe that they have. Do you know what else caught my attention in that conversation when he was talking about some of the teams? Florida State. Yeah. Leonard Hamilton brings in a bunch of six five to six nine guys. They're long. They're athletic. Uh-huh. They're fun to watch. Watch them a little huge bit. Last jump night. last week, Trent. Yeah. Leonard Hamilton, mm-hmm. dude can coach. He's been at it for a long they're time. They're pretty juicy price, I would think, right now too. Right. To win the ACC? Yeah, yeah, probably. I would think. Uh, it's 10.30. Joe O'Donnell's coming up next. We're going to switch from basketball to uh, to hockey. We've given you the keyword. Can we do it again without the... Sure, sure, uh, yeah. Just kind of snuff People missed it, in yeah. There? Yeah, it's love. 200-200. Love to 200-200. Got another one in the 11 o'clock hour. Another keyword, but this one is love. It's 10.30 on 1460 KXNO and 106... Services. <laughs> Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. This is a pretty good tune. We've got another pretty good tune coming up here in about 15 minutes. Uh, we're going to play that uh, on the anniversary of the debut of that. We'll get to it. Uh, coming up right now, Joel O'Donnell is the voice of the Iowa Wild. The Iowa Wild are on the ice. They're preparing for their upcoming season. Uh, it's going to be entirely different, as we know. Everything is, after all. What, 34 games, I want to say? Um there's a great piece in The Athletic. We'll get to Joe, pick his brain on that. Joe Trent, Ken, thanks for coming on. Before we get into the Iowa Wild, uh, you've been talking about, uh, and I hope I'm saying his name off, Kaprizov, uh, the young Russian, 23 years old, uh, who's come over for the first time uh, to the country. I've watched the Wild play twice, Joe. He's the best player on the team already. What a start this kid is having to his NHL career. I know he's a little bit older than, you know, air quote rookies, but boy, oh boy, uh, this kid was not overhyped. He is outstanding. You hit it right on the head, Kenny. Um, he is legit. He is that dynamic kind of uh, skilled forward that Minnesota fans have been waiting for for so many years. I mean, you got to remember, they drafted this kid back in 2015. Mm-hmm. He played his contract out in Russia and resigned in Russia on the top league there, the Continental Hockey League, the KHL. So he ended up being there, I think, more years after Minnesota fans thought they were going to get him. Um, but now he's here, and, uh, yeah, I think he's got five points or six points or six, something like that yep. in the early going. I think he's 
you know, right in line for Calder Trophy conversation yep. for Rookie of the Year. I know Trent sometimes dabbles in that sort of thing. So <laughs> yep. uh, if you're looking for a, fu- a future there, Trent, uh, maybe sooner rather than later on that one. But, uh, yeah, he's awesome. And, you know, I chatted with Bill Guerin, Minnesota's PM yesterday, and uh, should have that podcast out here shortly. And I asked him about the pre-soft. And, you know, not only does he have the skill set, but he's got a personality to match. He loves the game. He's on the ice and floor and after practice and it's and a lot of it just comes from his passion and his energy level so all, all signs so far pointing to a great start for Kirill Kaprizov and Minnesota fans couldn't be happier no 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 doubt about it. Joe I don't even watch the puck when he's on the ice and I can't say that about a lot of players I watch him without the puck yeah. uh, he, he's he's, yep. he's that kind of player anyways uh, we talked about it at the beginning of the show I know you've read it um, Iowa Wild fans uh, if they're athletic subscribers they're very fortunate because Michael Russo periodically does a good long look at uh, at the farm uh, and in particular at the Iowa Wild it's a great read uh, he takes you really into the weeds uh, so deep into the weeds that he you know told us that there's four restaurants in downtown Des Moines that have carved out a private room for the players if they don't want to get takeout. Likewise, there's a couple in West Des Moines that are going out of their way and doing this uh, for the team. Um, you guys had to be, you know, you guys had to be the ones that pulled this off, right? Before the, you knew that the kids, uh, the guys were going to get here in anticipation of the season. That's you and your team behind the scenes pulling this stuff all together in a season like unlike on any other. Yeah, it's a, it's a unique year. You guys know it. Um, everybody's going through it. Personal life, family, business, no matter where you're employed, you know, so many people have lost jobs and loved ones and, and all those things that are way worse than, you know, us trying to get ready for hockey season. But, uh, it's been a lot on the support staff, um, our athletic training staff, our team doctors, our equipment guys. Um, you know, just making sure that we're meeting the league standards for protocols and, and, you know, Tim Army, um, the reason that, you know, Russo's piece could, could get so in-depth is that Tim Army, you know, he'll, he'll, he has no problem sharing some of the secrets or stuff that goes in behind uh, the scenes. And I think the biggest thing is he wants these guys to embrace playing hockey. He wants them to understand that the alternative is not playing hockey, um, and which would be, you know, maybe 18 months without playing, which could be detrimental to their careers. And this is what these guys do. That's what they eat. Great hockey. So to get back to on the ice, needed some sacrifices, some requirements. Uh, we're going to meet and actually exceed a lot of the league protocols, follow a lot of the NHL and Minnesota Wild standards. To be honest, uh, to be honest, and um, if some of that means these guys have to kind of change the way they go about their routine daily business, then uh, that's what he's asking them to do. So we're eight days away from the home opener with the Texas coming to town next Friday night. What can you tell us the preparations and just how different this ramp up, this preseason has been for the Iowa Wild? Yeah, the guys are on the ice right now. Um, camp has definitely been a little different because most of the guys came in like a week early um, with the NHL and AHL not necessarily syncing up like they usually do. Minnesota made cuts, and then it's like, do we send guys back to Canada? Well, if we do, then they have to quarantine for two weeks. You know, do you send them to their home? Or do we just ask them to come to Des Moines on a voluntary basis and continue to work out and stay sharp here? So the chaos of day one or day two of camp wasn't there because that was really the week prior. But officially training camp now underway. Uh, All the focus is on February 5th. I don't know much about the Texas Stars roster. I, I looked at what they announced for training camp. Uh, but they're coming in here for three games. 
Um, and you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see sort of mini-series. So there'll be bad blood. I expect that's hmm. fun for the fans. We're excited to have a safe environment for our fans to come to games at Wells Fargo Arena. Um, and I think what you're going to see from the American Hockey League is a young, a young league. Um, I haven't done the math yet, but Jerry Mayhew, Sam Annis, Luke Johnson, Nico Sturm, I think they're the top four scorers from last year off the top of my head. They're not here anymore. Right. Uh, Matt Barkowski, one of the top defensemen, Louis Belpedio, Brennan Manel. They're probably the three top defensemen from last year. They're not on the roster. So some of those guys could come back via the taxi squad. Uh, Manel and Sam Annis notwithstanding because Manel is playing overseas and Annis is now with the Blues organization. But um, just, there's going to be some big holes to fill lineup-wise, and you're going to see younger guys get that opportunity. we Got two minutes little wild draft picks here in Iowa right now that were just picked this past uh, what was it October for the draft? Yeah, so used to say in or November. Yeah, you got two eight, you know, eight yeah, eighteen year old kids uh, basically here right now, and then Adam Beckman, the reigning Western Hockey League MVP, who I think mm-hmm. nineteen, so he wouldn't be able to be here in a normal season. So exceptions are being made. Younger roster expected, and I was just looking back at it uh, last night. We haven't had a game in this building for the Iowa Wild since February the. Jeez. 25th, I want to say. Unreal. Maybe even before that. So you're basically, you're going to be like 10 to 15 days shy of a full calendar year since the last Iowa Wild home game. Um, that's crazy. And so I think our fans are excited. Uh, we're trying to get as much information out there to our season ticket holders. We are going to have some single game tickets available. Uh, in fact, the opener, I think the first three games are already on sale now at iowawild.com, but it's going to be a limited amount because we can only have about 3,500 of building. Hmm. Uh, Cody McLeod, um, you, all that, you, all those young guys. Cody McLeod, he's part of this, right? He's uh, last I saw, he was on the roster. He's a veteran guy. He's coming to the end of his career. He's fought, I don't know, has he fought a hundred times? I don't think that's hyperbolic. It's probably it's, it's right around that number. But my point being, he's a veteran and he'll look after these young kids. He's gonna is he gonna have a role? Oh yeah, for sure. Good. Um, right now he's, he's slotted on one of the top four lines. He's healthy. He looks in really good shape. I mean, he's, I think he told me he's about 212 pounds right now, which um, yeah, he looks good. And, uh, and he'll be one of the guys. He'll probably, if I had a guess, wear the C. If not, wow. he'll certainly have a letter on his, on his jersey. Um, and, it, you know, he's 37. You're talking about, like I said, some kids are 18, 19 on right. the jersey roster. Um, so, boy, yeah, he's, he's probably been playing pro hockey uh, since some of these guys were just getting out of diapers. Um <laughs> It's going to be exciting. He's the type of guy that brings unbelievable character and leadership to the dressing room. It's a shame he didn't get in more games last year due to injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the start of the year, he was sort of that extra veteran guy. He knew what his situation was, play when called upon. But, boy, the, the, the teammates love him. The coaching staff loves him. Um, I liked having him on the radio yeah. from time to time last year when he wasn't in the lineup. So just an all-around good guy and and then intimidating physical presence that this roster uh, will be glad to have in the lineup most nights. Because, just like you said, because of all those back-to-back-to-back. Look, the Jets are getting set to see Matthew Kachuk four straight times. You know, that that's yeah, not going to be fun. a picnic. He's a, he's a you-know-what-disturber, and yep. everybody's got him, and Cody McLeod will uh, will keep him honest. Just aside from the wild, Joe, you're a hockey guy. I wanted to, just your thoughts on what uh, my squad uh, pulled off last uh, last weekend. I mean that's a that's a hockey Great. trade, man. That's a big, big yeah. two huge names. 
huge names, and Rosovic is not a slouch That's either. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, up until last year, really in the playoffs, Rosovic was probably as big of a name as Dubois, at least in my opinion. Uh, now Dubois had the higher draft standing, but yeah. um, Rosovic probably made an impact sooner in his pro career than, than Dubois did. But look, just a, a huge trade in the hockey world. Um, it'd be like trading, uh, gosh, I don't know. Matthew Stafford for Drewbury. I don't know. Pick, pick not your mm-hmm. Mahomes type quarterback, but somewhere in that not five far below. range of your, yep. yeah, like you know, the top ten guy, and um, and Rosalvik as well being in that deal. I was I was surprised, I guess, in a lot of ways. But when you got guys that want out of a situation, it happens in every sport now. The mm-hmm. players, you know, for as much as they don't have the power, sometimes. If they're not happy in a spot or their agents driving a narrative or whatever the situation is, when the organization realizes it's better to cut ties and you find a dancing partner, uh, you know, you can get these blockbuster-type deals. Indeed. I was curled up in a fetal position sucking my thumb, Joe. I, uh, line A was my guy. Unbelievable. Anyways. I, I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, give us the uh, the ticket website again uh, one more time. There's going to be a few of them. There's not going to be a ton of them out there by the sounds of things, but there will be some single-game tickets, and how do uh, how do the Iowa Wild fans get a hold of them? Yep, iowawild.com. Plenty of information there. Our phone number, if you're old school, 564-8700. We have our, our sales staff grinding it out right now. Uh, we're, we've got some promotions, $2 beers on Friday nights, and Captain Morgan drink specials. Um, but Friday, February 5th, man, eight nights away, we're going to have hockey. We'll be on KXNO for every game, uh, either on KXNO.com or, of course, the AM and FM dial. And TV games on Mediacom coming your way. Good. So uh, hockey's back. Um, trying to stay safe and do it the right way. Mask mandates, all that stuff. But uh, we'll be social distanced here at Wells Fargo Arena and having a blast doing it. Reach out when you need some pub, Joe. Thank you. You guys are the best. See you guys. Good to talk to you, Joe Donald, the voice of the uh, Iowa Wild season coming up uh, next Friday. IowaWild.com for information. Good to have him back. It is. Absolutely. Saw Joe uh, peeked his head in yesterday. Oh, as did he? was over here. They recorded some, some new stuff? spots. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. All right, we will take a break when we come back. Uh, got a little something um, I think it's special. I really do. Yeah, you brought up a really good one. Yeah, 30 years ago today. We'll uh, tell you what happened. If you think back, you could probably figure out where we're going. But it brings me, it gives me chills. It does. Miller and Condon, 1460 kicks and a 106. They're families. Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We take you until noon coming up in the next hour of the program. We're going to head to Vegas. Long time, 40 years in the business, line maker Chris Andrews. He's currently plying his trade at the South Point. Uh, he will join us. We will uh, talk to Chris. Always look forward to those types of conversation. Uh, he'll join us to kick off the hour, and then we'll get to our friend John Bowencamp, who you can read a lot of places um, we'll preview tomorrow's Iowa Illinois game. CJ Frederick sounds kind of like he's not going to play. And this D- didn't you get that? Yeah, reading through the transcript, yeah. it doesn't sound good. And the question was brought up: Is it better to shut him down for a while? And it sounded like Fran was open to that. I said mm. ultimately he's going to lean on the medical staff, but. 
think that's a more likelihood than maybe even seeing him tomorrow night. All right, so this is what we've been teasing for the first hour of the program. It was 30 years ago um, at the stadium was known as the Big Sombrero. Do you remember that? This In was, Tampa. This yes. was prior to Raymond James Stadium. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the game is the game on the field is known for Scott Norwood missing the field goal at the end, mm-hmm. which gave Bill Parcells and the New York Giants a Super Bowl win and would lead to the <laughs> the start of the misery for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but to me, as good as the game was, and it was a hell of a football game, this, the game is more known to me for what happened prior to the game. So you're newly, new to America. Two years in. Two years, two years in. in. And you know, at the time... The Gulf War had just started. And I was, as a 10, 11-year-old, I mean, glued to the television. Sure, absolutely. Uh, With the coverage on, uh, was it CNN that was maybe the lone... I don't know what what I was watching. And seeing those those shots in the sky at night with the bombs going Mm -hmm. across, it was... Incredible. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Di- it was different feeling. Uh, and I'd been here for, like I said, for a couple of years, and I, um, I just know what when Whitney Houston, who stepped to the microphone and sang the national anthem, this to me, you set the bar right here, and then everybody tries to get close to it, and this her rendition of the national anthem to this day gives me chills, uh, and we're going to play it on anniversary number thirty. Of that Super Bowl, Super Bowl Twenty Five, the big sombrero in Tampa, and um, the best rendition of your anthem than I have ever heard. For our younger listeners, the time in our uh, country yeah. it was it was perfect. It and the really flyout, was. 
The first flyover, I was remember. It, well, I was going to say, was it the first flyover? I remember the flyover. Uh, you know what the KX know when Jeff Kahn and, and the cop man were doing their show? Mm-hmm. They would start the the KX know day, which, you know, 6 a.m., by playing that. Oh, really? Yeah, the con man. I don't know if they did it all. I think they did. God, that gives me goosebumps. So, okay. so good. Hour number two, coming up next, Miller and Condon. Uh, we're uh, weekdays from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.